Welcome back, <laughs> friends, nerds, librarians, and all you elk to the fortnightly SS Librarianship <laughs> podcast. <laughs> this uh, is episode 54. We're getting there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was uh, chatting with um, our good friend, Matthew, friend of the podcast, been on twice. He mm-hmm. was on, apparently he was on episode 33 and then episode 44. So we need to get him for 55. Oh, no, sorry. I lied. It was 2244. And so we have to wait for 66. But, oh. uh, but he seemed, <laughs> there will be a 66. We're he, going fast enough here. He seemed happy that uh, it was going to be a while away. <laughs> See, and that fits in so well with what we're talking about in the second half of today's <laughs> show, which is librarians and our penchant for organization. We couldn't have written it better, you guys. <laughs> uh, yeah. So first up is some mind groups where we talk about lots and lots of movies. Yeah. Very movie heavy. For January, it's yeah. been a pretty movie-heavy month. It's usually yeah. sort of limbo, but totally. there's been some interesting stuff out. Yeah, and, uh, you know, that's pretty much all we've had time for. Yeah, <laughs> which segues nicely into this week's <laughs> Where Do We Put This? <laughs> which is all about the tools we've been using to organize our lives, and we spend a lot of time talking about the new phenomenon of bullet journaling. Yeah, so bullet journal is a system that was um, created by a creative professional in New York City, Um kind of an, an analog system that a lot of people are using for to kind of replace things like Evernote and stuff like that because I'm a pen and paper person mostly um, despite the fact that I do a lot of digital librarianship but um, but yeah so it's an interesting system I've been using it for a little while and it's it's working out for me I really enjoy it all right well I guess we should jump right in yeah I guess without further ado let's get this one started uh, I'm Ali Sullivan and uh, are uh, are you coming to the tree <laughs> And I'm Sam Mills, and ma'am is acceptable in a crunch, but I prefer Captain. <laughs> so what's on your mind, Grape, Sam? Oh, I gotta go first? Yeah, I sprung it on you. <laughs> um, what's on my mind, Grapes? I saw two movies recently. Okay. And I've been trying to we're decide gonna have a, we're gonna which have a one, movie heavy mind grapes, which one I want to talk about. Huh. Um, well, it's just the two of us. You could probably do both. I saw Annie, the new Annie. I have which I know heard you have feelings about because you've seen the original Annie. I've seen the original Annie and like I haven't seen the new one and I don't want to like cast dispersions or anything. But the reviews I have read were not good. Mm. But uh, anyway. I really enjoyed it. Okay. I it was really fun. And it was sort of exactly what it set out to be, I think. Like, mm-hmm. they, they really, they just made a fun movie well, with some really entertaining performances in it. <laughs> yeah. And <clears throat> what, from what I understand, at least some of the reviews have been bad because they've, they've been sort of like, well, this movie should have done more to talk about, like, the plight of poor black children mm. and everything. And that's a really important thing to talk about. Yeah. But it's also Annie. Like, it's also a yeah. musical about a little girl, like, getting to, you know, live the dream mm-hmm. and whatever, right? And so yeah. it's supposed to be fun. Yeah. The, the, the most of the reviews that I kind of give more clout to that, you know, are saying it's not what they wanted is is mostly about the performances and about the so- like the changes they made to some of the songs. They and did. They kind of remixed yeah. some of the songs and they also um, added a couple, I think. Yeah. Like I think the um, the City's Yours, the song that Jamie mm-hmm. Foxx sings, which of course Jamie Foxx had to sing at some point <laughs> in it. Because um, yeah, I, th- I think a brand new sing. song. Yeah. Yeah. But if you've got Jamie Foxx in that role, you got to set him loose, right? Yeah. Um, And Kuvenjane Wallace was just 
she was just amazing. She's so lovely. Like, I could see her being picked out of a lineup of a hundred little girls of every color <laughs> and still being the one that you picked for this movie because she's just, she's has such presence. Yeah, she totally she's does. So she's cute without being like, you know, sickly sweet. Yeah. And she's very smart. She's got an edge to her too. She really does. She's got yeah. a little bit of a badass sort in her. Of I like that. her as like a street kid, even like a sort of, you know, um, sanitized like yeah. musical street <laughs> and yeah her and all the little girls were really really good and um, and Cameron Diaz was actually I really enjoyed her in this I, movie like I said I haven't seen it but like that that's probably the part that I'd have the biggest trouble with just because in the original Annie like in the original film uh, Carol Burnett just does I'm pretty sure it's Carol Burnett Playing Miss Hannigan? Playing Miss Hannigan. Mm. She does such an amazing... Can we just look that up real we'll, quick? We'll get letters. Okay. <laughs> if it's wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like, this is also the only version of Annie that I've seen, at least as an adult. Like, I don't really have any memories yeah. of the other one. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I don't have necessarily that context of having seen other people play the character. Mm -hmm. But... I thought she was really fun. I thought Plus, she Rooster was Tim Curry? Sort of, like falling around and being yeah it was carol burnett yeah um, who played rooster in this one um which one is rooster because they might have changed carol burnett's brother uh no uh, miss hannigan's brother miss hannigan doesn't have a brother Emma. oh okay because like in in the original movie too there's tim curry as rooster hannigan's brother who comes in because they're like there's um oh i remember what it was so in in the original movie rooster and um his like floozy girlfriend decide to try to extort money from warbuck oh, okay all right by saying like oh we're annie's parents you know like we gave her up so many years ago yeah, and that, that, they the like basically happens, but it's a different plot point it's okay. a guy who works for um warbucks instead Oh, okay. He's called Stacks in this, and he's sort of a Steve Jobs type figure. Okay, cool. He's invented this new cell phone that like never drops a call. It's like All a whole right. big thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that that part is played by um, a guy who is really familiar, probably because I have seen the other guys a billion times. Bobby uh, Cannavale. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So he and Cameron Diaz have the whole sort of singing about like <laughs> mm -hmm. taking all the money from stacks. Um, David Zayas is adorable in it. He's Angel from Dexter. Okay. And uh, he plays the guy who runs the shop across the street who's sort of always kind of looking out for Annie mm -hmm. and also has a huge crush on Miss Hannigan. <laughs> and, uh, okay, yeah. They do, that, they do that really well too with him. Um, he doesn't come across as someone who's sort of isn't taking no for an answer. Instead, he okay. comes across as someone who can actually see a little more in Hannigan than she wants to show the world. Oh, uh, okay. And she's got all these posters of herself as like a, you know, 80s rock star in her apartment. And okay. when she sings the song, Little Girls, she does such a good job. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> but Carol Burnett's <laughs> like, is just so big good. gulp cup of alcohol. And I thought they did a great job of modernizing. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll have, to, I'll have to give it a shot then, you know, when it comes out. But I don't know. It's just like the, the original Annie just... You know, I was a dorky little musical kid. I probably I had a I had a VHS copy of Cats that I just wore yeah, completely see, I, out. So I, musicals are always sort of the exception for me. Yeah, like, it's not something I seek out. But if I see one, I really like. Like you know, I love Rent. Mm -hmm. That's probably my favorite musical, <laughs> and it's very in a lot of ways a very unconventional musical. Yeah, and so I don't know the sort of standard like people breaking into song thing. That's that's what was weird about this movie is that it was very unclear whether the singing was. <laughs> 
<laughs> to use nerdy film studies terms, mm-hmm. diegetic or extra diegetic. Okay. Like, it was very unclear whether the other characters could hear each other singing. Okay. Gotcha. In some cases they could, but in some cases they couldn't. And oh, okay. I don't know. And Rose yeah. Byrne um, played the sort of assistant to Stax. Who, yeah. Who, yeah. You know, spoiler alert, they fell in love. Of course they do. <laughs> yeah, that happened. Really, that's the know, original. Everything's very well. telegraphed. There's no real oh, yeah. spoilers. But uh, yeah, it was. It was really, really sweet and really fun. And not every one of the songs was a total breakout, but mm-hmm. they did the songs that you expect, like Hard Knock Life. Mm-hmm. They did a fantastic job of that one. Like all the little girls they had who were living with Hannigan did such a fantastic job. <laughs> but they made it like hip hoppy, didn't they? They did. Yeah. yeah. And it worked really well. Okay. And there was also um, <laughs> the tiniest of them was often the one who was sort of asking for clarification or like, what does hard knock life mean or whatever. Okay. And so you sort of brought, like you could see that helping little kids who are watching it now who were like, I don't understand this term mm-hmm. and things like that. Uh, and she was very cute. So <laughs> I thought it was really, really fun. And I All think, right. I think in some ways, and you know, I'm in some ways I'm speaking out of turn as a white person, but um, I think in some ways it, it's almost as important, if not more important to just have good movies in every yeah. genre yeah. that star a whole, you know, rainbow yeah. of people. Yeah. As opposed to making every single movie that has a black protagonist or that now has a black protagonist and used to have a white one or whatever get on a soapbox. Yeah. Like this movie didn't need to do that. It, yeah. It, it really just needed to showcase you know, two really fantastic African-American mm-hmm. performers, which it did. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, no, like, yeah. I, I definitely agree with you there. Like, you know, there's a time for soapboxes and there's a time for not soapboxes. Which but. I guess kind of brings me to the other movie I saw. There you go. <laughs> um, which was Selma, mm-hmm. uh, which is about um, actually a very specific and kind of short period in the, the life and career of, of Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah. I wasn't sure going in what they were going to do structurally with it, but they really, like, they started in 64 with him being awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. Mm-hmm. So they really didn't talk about the lead up, which is kind of smart. I mean, I feel like American audiences, Canadian audiences, for that matter, sort of are familiar enough with the initial work that he did in the civil rights movement, um, the initial work that he did with Johnson to end segregation mm-hmm. and um you know the i have a dream speech and whatever and so they started after all of that yeah and they specifically focused on his efforts to well i don't know if it was exactly what he was going for at the time but what it ended up being was the creation and passage of the voting rights act mm-hmm. in 65 mm-hmm. i guess 66 maybe before he was killed which is good he got to yes. see some of the fruits of his labor um and it was really well done um i say it hesitantly like that because part of the way that it was really well done was that it it had some really brutal moments in it Mm -hmm. including one really early on which like if you're not good with startles (laughs) maybe be ready for it Um, (laughs) thanks cheers unless i will do yeah i I, I scream (laughs) unless you know the history really in a, in a detailed way. And I mean, I know a lot of history of the sixties. I'm sort of a little bit of a junkie for like mm-hmm. Kennedy and King and things like that, but I didn't remember about this moment. And so it was pretty shocking. Um, and there are several other parts like that. Anytime there is violence and there's a lot of violence in this movie, they really treat it like the kind of violence you would see in a really detailed military thriller or something like that. And I think that was a really 
bold and appropriate choice. Mm-hmm. Um, just because these people were civilians. In fact, all the more so because they were civilians. Um, you really need to show the impact of what yeah. was done to them. And so basically it focuses on... Um, there's a great scene early on with Oprah <laughs> playing mm-hmm. Annie Lee Cooper, uh, who's an elderly African-American woman in Selma, Alabama, who is trying to register to vote. Yeah. And keeps bringing her voter registration forms into the office and keeps being forced to do things like recite the preamble to the Constitution. Mm-hmm. Say how many judges there are in Alabama. Name all the judges in Alabama. Mm-hmm. And if she can't do any one of those things, she gets denied. And so this kind of sort of systematic intimidation and prevention is really, King sees it as the thing, and I think he was absolutely right, and it's still kind of a problem today, um, as the thing that was stopping true equality from being achieved, is that if if you're living in a democracy and the the people that represent you don't represent you, Mm -hmm. you don't have true equality. Yeah. And so he managed to, with the great orator and and preacher that he was, um, really galvanize the people of Selma and a lot of other people of all colors to come Mm -hmm. from elsewhere to help them. And there are a couple of really brutal showdowns in this movie. And there's a lot of him um, interacting with Johnson, who is played by, I cannot remember his name right now, but he does a really excellent job because Johnson was, I feel like the three things I think of when I think of Johnson, mm-hmm. or I think of Kennedy, obviously, yeah. I think of um, him being kind of a huge dick, like just not a nice person. Yeah. And I think of civil rights. Mm-hmm. And they really show very clearly the pressure that was put on him in this movie to think about his legacy. Mm-hmm. And that ultimately he didn't hate any one color of person any more than he hated any other people. He was just kind of a dick. <laughs> and, um, and ultimately he decided that he wanted to be remembered as being on the right side of history. Yeah. He wanted to associate himself with Martin Luther King Jr., not with George Wallace, yeah. <laughs> um, who also appears in this movie, and the guy who plays him does an excellent job. George Wallace is the um, was the governor of Alabama at the mm-hmm. time and is the segregation today, segregation tomorrow, segregation forever guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there are some brutal Oh, I saw the Hunger Games too, sorry. <laughs> sorry, just trying to think um, of all things I could talk about. Anyway, so yeah, it was it was wonderfully done and mm-hmm. it was the kind of movie that needs to be on a soapbox. Yeah. And it was. Yeah. Not just in terms of talking really intelligently and passionately about this history of the civil rights movement and about the importance of being able to vote unencumbered, mm-hmm. but also... Um, about the kind of violence that still happens yeah. today because of this sort of institutionalized hatred between different types of people in the US. Mm-hmm. And the kind of, you know, they even reproduce one of King's speeches that's very much about the way that poor white men pass these attitudes down to their children. Mm-hmm. And that's still a problem today. I mean, it's not just a problem among poor white men, but I think yeah. it's some of the rage that comes from being poor gets targeted in that way, got mm-hmm. targeted in that way at that time. And and then visually, it really got on a soapbox that way. It really, there were a lot of gut punch moments in that movie. Mm-hmm. We were all crying. And I think that's important. Yeah. It was brutal, but it was important. Yeah. And so what I'm trying to say is it was really wonderfully directed. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Clint Eastwood is up for a directing Oscar this year, but Ava DuVernay, the African-American woman who directed Selma, is not shows that we still have a ways to go yeah yeah so so that was going to be my question was was it robbed 
Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's up for best picture because they could not in good conscience have ignored it completely. Mm -hmm. But the fact that she's not up is the thing that makes me angry. Yeah. David Oyelowo, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right, does a great job. Mm -hmm. Um, He's also British. And so it's less of a galvanizing issue, I guess, Mm -hmm. in terms of his nomination. But I think if there's one thing it should have been up for, it's direction. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know, I'd have to look into it, but I don't think there's ever been an African-American female director. There's only been three women ever nominated. Yeah. Um, and none of them have been women of color. So. Yeah, and I guess, uh, what's her name? Catherine Bigelow? Yeah, would have been the only person who's won, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, no, lots of strides to be made in both of those areas. Mm-hmm. Um, it's It's good, I guess, that those battles are being fought now. Mm-hmm. on Oscar ballots and not in, you know, voting registration offices. But yeah. as we saw last year, there's still a lot of hatred and violence mm-hmm. boiling in this part of the world. Yeah. Um, as a result of the, the legacy of these kind of institutional problems. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, it's kind of a sad <laughs> note on which to pass it to you. But yeah. I would really encourage everyone to go and see that movie. It's, yeah. it's a brutal experience, I'd say, in a lot of ways, just as or more brutal than something like 12 Years a Slave, but mm-hmm. really important to watch and also really timely. I really like the fact they focused on voting rights because mm-hmm. that's... It is still, still an issue. An issue. Yeah. yeah. What about cool. you? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well, it's going to be very movie heavy just because that's the kind of the thing that I've been... Had We've the time been super for. busy since Christmas. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I've seen a couple of movies. I'm still trying to decide kind of which ones I want to delve into. Um, saw The Hobbit. And? I haven't seen the third one yet. Y- you know what? It's fun. <laughs> Is it a faithful Tolkien adaptation? Absolutely not. Is it a good movie? I'm not entirely sure, but it's pretty fun. Um, <laughs> really, from the Hobbit movies, that's all I really. That's ask. all you really I think ask. Their ambitions to be more than fun are kind of misplaced. Yeah, and you know, like it's. Um, John read this really interesting review of it on a blog called D and D with Porn Stars, mm-hmm. where they talk about. Um, which is an interesting blog if you're, you know, interested. It's a guy who actually plays Dungeons and Dragons with a bunch of mostly female porn stars. And so they they, they delve into a lot of discussions about like, uh, you know, the the sexualized images that you often see in D&D manuals and like, does that offend you kind of stuff? And most of the women are like, well, no, but, you know, it's really interesting if you have time. Uh, D&D with porn stars is a really fun blog. Uh, <laughs> but so he read a review of the movie who that um, got him really excited because, um, I don't know if, if people have picked up on how big, how much of a geek my husband is. You know, he's a little <laughs> bit of a nerd. Um, so one of the one of the most nerdy predilections he has is he loves Warhammer 40k. So this is a miniature based war game. Um, so he has an army of orcs that are all hand painted. Yeah, he's a um, friend who did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so he loves that kind of like you know, war game structure. And he says, or he saw that uh, in this blog post, this review of the Hobbit, that it is a very beautiful adaptation of a fantasy miniature based war game, (laughs) which is totally true. (laughs) Okay. It's like the battle of the five armies, right? You've got Mm. the five armies coming in and, you know, you have their strategic placements and stuff like that. And then, you know, at the last minute, this, you know, spoilers, but a cavalry of, arrives and you know there's that and it's all very cool like it's you know it's it's silly it's funny it's 
you know, you get to see Christopher Lee kick some ass a little bit in the very beginning, which is... Really? Because in the first of these Hobbit movies, he kind of looked like he was having trouble standing. Yeah. Well, dude, he's like, what, like 98 or something like that? Yeah. But like the fact that he's still participating is pretty awesome. (laughs) Um, You know, and, and, and the only thing that kind of freaks me out about it is that like, I know they're elves, but... I mean, we're actually being played by humans who have a natural progression of time. So, like... Oh, yeah, so the fact that Legolas <laughs> is supposed to be, like, 60 years younger, but actually he looks He looks old much older. <laughs> and same with Elrond, like... Yeah. You know, like, he's supposed to look this... He's looking a little craggier than he used to, you know? But, like, it's, you know, it's Maybe fine, they but had some kind of, like elvish plastic surgery Maybe. between the events of the hobbit <laughs> and the events of lord of the rings i like so that actually like well galadriel just looks you know she's timeless uh-huh. so. <laughs> yeah it's a little easier for the ladies I yeah suppose. but um but anyway it was really interesting um you know martin freeman did a lovely little job as he always does um evangeline lily uh, evangeline lily was was good she there was just like I don't know for how much I want to spoil it. So there's, there's like, um, yeah, because her parts are actually spoilers because she doesn't exist in the book. Yeah. Well, I mean, but it's, it's like it's spoilers, but it's also like things you could see coming from a mile away. Mm-hmm. There was one point where she was having, you know, super badass fight with the the runner up general of the orcs, mm-hmm. and it kind of pissed me off in that she didn't get to kill him. Hmm. Legolas got to kill him. Ugh, and if neither of them are supposed to be there, you may as well give it to the captain of the guard. Right? Yeah. So that was the only thing that kind of pissed me off a little bit was like, you know, she gets pretty far. Like she gets pretty far toward killing him. But then he like throws her against a rock or something and she, you know, slumps and and then you know, Legolas gets to come in and save the day. And I'm like, oh, fuck that. Yeah, Ugh, that's stupid. But I almost feel like if they were going to create... I mean, I get it. They wanted people who watch Lord of the Rings and like Orlando Bloom to watch the movies. But mm-hmm. if they were going to create a new character or insert an elvish character into it anyway, why not just tutorial and not have Legolas there? Uh, I don't know. Mm. Well, because then you but you also get like a really sweet, sweet moment or as you know, as sweet as um, what's his face gets. Lee Pace's character. Oh, yeah. Super Thranduil. sexy, hot elf guy. Thranduil. Uh, Thranduil. Like, so you, you, get, you do get, like, a nice sweet scene between Legolas and Thranduil. Like, mm, that's good. You know. And I suppose you see some of why Legolas is sort of willing later to become friends with a dwarf, I guess. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Definitely. And, and, um, they, and they play that, that up. And you scene in the second one between him and Toriel about, like, um, caring about what's going on beyond their borders or whatever. Yeah. Like and, you know, and, and at the very end, um, you you get Legolas being sent to go find Strider of the Rangers, you know, because they they have a backstory. Like there is a backstory there that Aragorn and Legolas like yeah were buds and like ran around and did stuff. Um, so you kind of get depending that. on which fan fiction archives you come across on the internet. <laughs> different <laughs> kinds of buds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So you know, it was it was you know it was one of these things where it's like. If you if you're really really uh, set on it being a faithful Tolkien adaptation, you're gonna hate it. Mm. Um, but if, if you, you want, like, a big fun Peter Jackson movie, you just want a big fun Peter Jackson movie with some cute visuals and um, you know. So was it Lise the other night who was telling us that someone has supercut the three movies? Yeah, like into one a one four, four hour, hour movie. Yeah, we should I'd definitely look into that because <laughs> there's like definitely like the. 
all of the stuff with like the the necromancer and whatever that's just so written off it's just like Mm -hmm. it's clearly one of those things where they're like oh we can put this in and stretch it out to three movies but if you actually put all of it in it would actually probably stretch it out to five or six movies but so then they kind of of like why not make one or two hobbit movies yeah and then make like five silmarillion movies if you because they don't own the rights to the silmarillion how are they using that content then? Because the stuff it's in the appendices. The are... oh, they have yeah. the rights to the appendices. They do not have the rights to the Similarillion. And they couldn't get them? No. Weird. Tolkien's legacy is there. So basically, like, the Tolkien properties are becoming like Star Trek. Where, Totes. like, one company owns the TV rights and yep. another company owns the novel rights. Right. And like, oh, shit. Correct. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. So <laughs> copyright laws yeah. are behind. Yeah. So so yeah, that's the issue is yeah, the Silmarillion um isn't owned by the same people as uh the Lord of the Rings and the appendices to the Lord of the Rings. Mm. So that's why we can't interesting. Yeah. Well, it'll probably happen at some point. Peter Jackson's yeah. still a relatively young man. Yeah. So anyway, it's a romp. As long as he doesn't go back and start changing things in the existing properties, I'm fine yeah. with that. Because like, I was just saying to someone the other day, I refuse to buy the newest you know, Blu-ray or digital copy or whatever of Star Wars mm-hmm. until George Lucas is dead. <laughs> oh, jeez. He's a young man. I'm sure he'll have a long life, mm-hmm. but I'll probably live longer than him. And so <laughs> when he passes away, it'll be a sad day, and then I will go out and buy Star Wars because that will be the definitive version because mm-hmm. he can't stop fucking with it. <laughs> Um, oh, I have I have a little question for you. Mm. So I'm sure you've heard the media news that the next Star Trek movie, the person who's come on to help write it, Simon Pegg. Really? I heard that they took Orsi off of it. Yeah, Orsi's gone. Um, but now Simon Pegg is coming on as a co-writer. Does that make you feel more comfortable about it? A little. Those okay. two facts together make me like mm, 2% more hopeful that it won't be a piece of shit. But Simon Pegg's awesome. Yeah, no, he's Simon awesome, Pegg's a super feminist. He's going to be fighting against a lot of dumb shit that they did in the first two movies. I guess. Sorry. I just, I just, I, I want, I love Simon Pegg so much that I want you to like it. I know. I mean, it's going to be <laughs> a big milestone year yeah. mm-hmm. for Star Trek. Like, it's going to come out in 2016, which will be the 50th anniversary of Star Trek. And so... I'm so excited for Renegades. I'm still on the fence about whether I'll even go see it. Mm. Well, I'll go see it and I'll let you know whether or not <laughs> I think you'll like it. How about that? Sure. Because, <laughs> I don't know, it's, it's just one of those funny things where it's like, I kind of liked the second movie, but I know why you have issues with it. So but many, I care about so it less issues. than you do. So... <laughs> Star, like, yeah, Star Trek isn't my main fandom. So. Yeah, it's my yeah. I mean, it's it's the original one, and it's also my original one. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, thank you for letting me know that, yeah. though. So, no Roberto Orsi and more Simon Pegg. Yep. those are both things I can get behind yep. and be cautiously, cautiously <laughs> optimistic. About. Well, have you have you uh, have you seen Spaced, his first yeah. show? So good. Yeah, it's so pretty fun. Good. It's pretty um, fun. So yeah. Um. Anyway, so yeah. Other other movie. I'm trying to think. I saw Into the Woods. It was um. It was great. Mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to say anything you know like was it groundbreaking no it was into the woods <laughs> like it's not Which again it's, i've never seen being not yeah. a big musical person so yeah no it's it's um it's sondheim so it's lovely um i love sondheim i think he's great mm-hmm. um a lot of it is sotto voce which uh or it's like the it's like les mis and that the talking is singing you know uh-huh but that's that's you know 
same thing goes in it was really good if you like musicals right. you probably like it um cool. yeah um <laughs> I think this is the first week we've ever recommended two musicals i love musicals <laughs> i would recommend musicals every week yeah i love them um then what's the last one i went to see high society that's the one i was trying to think of earlier, oh okay also a really unconventional musical and it's yeah like my all-time fave well it's based on the philadelphia story yes yeah um yeah that's a really good musical um what's the other movie i went to see oh the hunger games it was really good. Yeah. 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 We, um, we, um, yeah, we went to see like a 1030 show and so it was really, really late, but like, yeah, it was, oh, it was so good. Yeah. Very well done. I, very I brutal. think they did a really good job. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, I say it every time the Hunger Games comes up, but Katniss is such a hard character to play when people can't be inside your head. And yes. Jennifer Lawrence does such a good job of yeah. bringing across subtlety instead of sullenness. Yes. <laughs> like, I think so too. And like, um, I think both she and Josh, what, uh, what's his face? The Hutcherson. Yeah. The guy who plays PETA, both of them did such a good job of totally losing their shit. Yeah. Like I love it when actors can play like convincing shit loss. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They just are like 100% in it. Yeah. 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 Hutcherson didn't really have a lot to do before this movie. Well, they gave him some good makeup, though. He'll have a lot to do in the second one. Oh, he looked. Yeah. Yeah. They kind of used the Captain America technology on him. (laughs) That's what I said. John was like, man, he had to lose a lot of weight. And I was like, no, 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 honey. I think they, I think that was digitally remastered. Yeah. Because, like, while that was being filmed, he was doing, like, these like muscular <laughs> photo shoots for like gay themed magazines. And yeah. I did not actually lose all that weight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, okay. Good. I feel better about that now. Cause John was like, no, no, well he must have, you know, he, he, no, John no. was like, Christian That's Bale totally, loses weight. Blah, 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 blah. Totally the, like, like army no. hammer, like Captain America. Yeah. Text, That's exactly yeah. what I said. Um, no, yeah. Not everyone is as crazy as Christian. Bale. Yeah. <laughs> He's gonna have a heart attack. Plus Christian Bale, like Christian Bale did that when, you know, when it was like the nineties and we couldn't do that shit yet. I feel like he would have done it anyway. Yeah, He's a little bit insane. Like, yeah. Anywho. Um, so yeah, those are yeah, very movie heavy mind grapes this week. That's all yeah, we've really well, had time I mean, to do. It's kind of just been go, go, go since yeah. Christmas for us, which yeah. we're sort of going to talk about how we're managing that. <laughs> <in the next laughs> <segment. laughs> or not managing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, those are all, I guess, positive recommendations. I yep. mean, and they all sort of give you an idea of what you're going into it for. Yeah. You know? yeah. If you're going into Annie for, for, Political commentary, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> if you're going into The Hobbit for like faithful and literary. Yeah, don't, don't do, do it. it. <laughs> We're about to bring you a where do we put this? Hey, where do we put this? <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah, it has. Um, yeah. Which, you know, lots of class sets are good. We are all about librarianship, <laughs> but we're kind of, we're stepping back a little because we have both had a pretty busy couple so of busy. months. Oh my God, <laughs> and, we're so busy. And so what we thought we'd do is talk about some of the ways in which we've been managing being that busy because yeah. at the beginning of a career like this, you're, you're going to be busy. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of kind of like time management strategy that needs to go into stuff. So mm. um, we thought that we'd like kind of do, uh, we used to do this thing called Cool Tools at Slace. Yeah. Um, where we would share, yeah, shout out to Asus. Asus were great. So they did this Cool Tools thing where you know we'd share um various uh you know 
things we were using, applications. We talked, we did one about podcasting and um, there were these little unconferences that were really, really fun. So we thought we'd do kind of just like a little cool tools thing about, you know, what we use to keep our lives organized Mm -hmm. Um, because I've been trying some new strategies. I don't know about you, Sam. Um, Yeah, I mean, I've been sticking with a couple of tried and true things, but I've really been finding since... You know, since I decided to move, basically, yeah. <laughs> um, or since I started that process, which was what early December, mm-hmm. every single thing that I'm going to do, whether it's work related or not, has to go on my calendar, or it does not does not happen. get done. Yeah. And so yeah, <laughs> <laughs> dealing with some strategies for that, and also, yeah. I mean, I can talk a bit about the whole managing multiple emails thing as well. Yes. I'm sure you can too, because yeah. yeah, I've got my personal email account. I've got an email account for each of my jobs. Mm-hmm. All the SS librarianship emails come to me, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So if you ever send one, it's probably just coming to my inbox. (laughs) But um, she shares most of the time. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We've been getting all this amazing fan mail and you're just like keeping it to yourself. (laughs) (laughs) No, I would share it. So I want to ask you first because I'm intrigued. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that you have a new journaling system yes. so like journal as in like scheduling or mm, column a column b like it's it's scheduling it's note taking and it's um like task reminders interesting so and it's all written it's all written That's handwritten insane. so um the idea is that you're supposed to have your journal on you all the time. So they suggest getting one that's like small and portable. So you have failed this morning. I have failed this morning. I forgot to bring my journal over. <laughs> and like, there's already been a couple of things we've been talking like, Oh man, I should have written that down. But, um, <laughs> but it's cool. And, um, it's partially to do with my new job. So, mm-hmm. uh, my new job is lovely. Everyone I work with is lovely. I've been there for a week now. So it's, um, you know, I'm starting to get ready to get some stuff done. Yeah. But one of the kind of challenges of the new job is um, some of the uh, systems that they use are kind of outdated and don't really work very well. So So I'm sure a common complaint among libraries, there's a lot of different systems we need for different purposes and we can't update them all. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So the one that's particularly challenging is the email and calendaring system that they use Mm. Um, because it's just it's 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 a Java applet you through a web browser you can set it up through thunderbird so email and calendars you can do through thunderbird but apparently it doesn't always update properly mm. so um you know it's a problem and it's slow and it's clunky and um you know they, they keep they're, they're telling us that they're going to upgrade it but um until then it seems that everybody in the office is kind of uh, dealing with it in their own way like a lot of people have pen and paper systems uh, some people are bringing in you know third-party systems like I know one of the guys uses um, Google calendars for everything mm-hmm. and that kind of thing um, but those are all personal so you have to update them yourself like you can't put a meeting yeah in, unless you, know. you run it through your Gmail or whatever yeah, yeah. whatever so um, so it's very interesting uh, so I was on Tumblr as I want to do Uh and I saw someone come up with this like thing it was called bullet journal I'm like ooh, and I'm like you know I'm one of those like creepily organized people and um it's you know it's actually one of my like set interview questions of the you know what is your greatest weakness Uh, if anyone is ever hacky enough to ask me that question I have a very good answer (laughs) and it's that naturally I am extremely scatterbrained Hmm. Yeah. Um, I. Me too. Yeah. So I like the reason. It's like the secret of librarians, right? It's not that we're naturally yeah. reorganized; it's that we're really good at overcompensating. Yeah. So <laughs> that's like why I have this crazy scaffolding mm-hmm. of of organization around my life. Like that's why I calendar. That's why I journal. That's why I have to do all these things because if I don't, it's right out of my brain, mm-hmm. and I can't like. I don't know. 
I can't, I can't remember anything. So, <laughs> and I don't think that's like a function of, you know, technology ruining my brain. I think it's, you know, genetic. My mother's the same way. She's got post-it notes all over. Like she's got like a computer area at her house mm-hmm. and there's just post-its everywhere. Um, she has oh, to well, write I, things down as soon as she thinks of them. If she keeps it to the computer area, then she's mm. got one over on my dad. Okay. Like, <laughs> and it's not, it's not a, you know, reaching middle age thing or whatever. It's very much like a... Yeah, I, I get my scatteredness from him totally. He's yeah. always been like that. And he, because he's a dude and doesn't care as much, I guess, about what <laughs> things look like, was want to do things like put a piece of duct tape on the light switch and write, remember to turn off lights so that everybody would remember. And then there's duct tape on the light switch uh, for all time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't happen. But um, but yeah, so, so it's not... Tech- in fact, technology helps me more than it hurts, I think. Mm-hmm. Um. So, you know, in my personal life, I use Google calendars um, to keep track of everything and, um, you know, tasks and notes and stuff like that. But um, I've always functioned better on pen and paper. Mm. You know, just I've tried doing things like I tried taking notes in class on my iPad with a stylus um, because I thought it was the act of handwriting. But, you know, for some reason for me, it just works better with pen and paper if I can flip back and forth and read through the things that I was thinking about. Mm -hmm. So um, bullet journal is this really interesting concept. It was kind of invented by I think he's a creative professional, um, you know, some kind of graphic design or something Mm -hmm. like that in New York City. And... uh, so it starts out, you start out every month, you do a page of calendar. So you just like write February on top of it. And then you write out one through 28 because it's February. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of fill in bits of your calendar as you go. So just to kind of remind yourself. On a single page? On a single page. And that's your first page. And the next page is your index. So you actually create a table of contents as you go. Hmm. So that's where it kind of gets librarian-y for me because <laughs> you're actually indexing as you go so um next page you start out so right at the top of the page february 1st clean new page and so then on on these you you leave yourself a margin on the on the left on the left hand left hand left hand and there's three basic kind of bullets do you use a ruler to make your margin i don't <laughs> i just kind of freewheel it um but i i'm um my preferred journal is either um completely blank like like sketchbooks um i don't like ruled pages mm. i don't like to be confined in that way or i like if it I don't to have be a ruled page mine ends up at like a 45 degree angle oh uh, no i'm good <laughs> um so i like either like sketchbooks are my most preferred or like you know like moleskines with blank pages are my bread and butter i love those or um actually square like like grid pattern. Okay, yeah. So I like grid paper too. Um, I think the fellow who invented it says that he uses a lectoterm uh, grid notebook. That's his favorite, mm-hmm. um, which are really nice. Like I'm just I'm a stationary nerd. Um, lectoterms are really nice too. It's nice thick paper. It's got a good um, heft to it. Uh, it takes ink well. Um, I also use fountain pen. So mm. <laughs> I'm a weirdo, um, <laughs> but that's okay. Fountain fountain or felt tip. Those are my my preferred pen choices. The but anyway, way that I write those just makes smudges. No. <laughs> I have to use ballpoint. No, I can't use ballpoint. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so, the, okay. So you've got ba- three basic kind of bullets that you're going to use. Um, little round bullets that are solid. So like your typical bullet, mm-hmm. those are um, thoughts, ideas, things. And, and the idea behind bullet journaling is you do everything like super short point form, like as soon as it pops in your head. Mm-hmm. Um, 
second kind of bullet you're going to use are big circles, like big empty circles. And those are events. So those are things that you're going to want to add to your calendar. Or um, I, I don't add every event to my monthly calendar because if it's like if it's like a two hour meeting, I'll just put that on the day. Um, and I do still keep track of my work calendars in their calendaring system. It's just not very good. So, you know, every day I'll write down whatever meetings I have to go to. And then the third kind of bullet, and this is the one that's the most useful for me, is, is an action item. So it's a little square bullet, and those are things that you check off once you're done. Okay. So that's the most helpful thing for me because it reminds me of what I actually have to do and when it's actually completed. So hmm. every day you start out with a fresh page. Um, you write your things down. If you ever have something like a meeting or, or you know, a bunch of bullets that are going to have a singular theme, then you start a fresh page. You title it on top of whatever meeting that is or um, whatever thing that needs to get done. And then that's where you take your notes. And I'm finding it's working out really well for me. What happens, though, if you have something that is like that needs to be done two weeks from now? Then I write it down with the square and this is where the third element of bullet journal comes in. So at the end of the day or at the end of the meeting, you kind of go over all your bullets and there's um, three more things that you can add. You can add a little eyeball, which means explore this idea. Mm -hmm. So do more research on this thing. Um, you can add a star, which is like a, you know, make this thing a, actually, I guess there's four more kind of bullets you can add. So star, which is going to be like um, important, pay attention to this kind of thing. Um, or an exclamation point. We can't remember exactly what the exclamation point's for. I'm on his website right now yeah. looking at a sample, but it doesn't have any exclamation points on it. Yet. But it will. If you keep going. <laughs> and then the third, the fourth one is a little arrow. Okay. Priority is a star. Explorer is the eye. Mm -hmm. Exclamation point is the inspiration. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, that's kind of like some kind of inspirational thing hmm. that you need to think about more. Um, and then there's an arrow. So, the arrow is where you'd be like, move this event to the next week to the next month and uh, the the thing that i like about the pen and paper is that you can just like flip back like you know i'll flip back to two days two days ago when i'm making so i get up you know when i get to work every morning i make myself my daily task list mm -hmm. and if i go back to the day before and see oh that didn't get done i'll put the arrow and i'll move it to today so i'll keep moving things that makes sense to me but i think i think i am more of a computer person than you are because yeah it would drive me insane not to be able to continually organize and hone that same list. Yeah. Like, and to not be able to copy and paste those things to the next day and take them off yeah. of the day that they weren't on and that kind of See, thing. See, I'm you know? fine with moving them because then just the writing it again reinforces in my head that that is something that needs to get done today. Mm. I really so. like being able to like click and drag, being yeah. able to move things around that way. Yeah, I like to rewrite. <laughs> <laughs> so so it's working out really well for me. And of course, it's the kind of thing that I'm sure over the over the time I'm going to use it, I've not been using it too terribly long. And I'm mm. sure that I'll kind of, you know, refine it and make it work for me. Yeah, I mean, you'll probably personalize but, it, which I guess is one of the nice things about doing it on pen and paper is that yeah. it's easier to personalize totally. than like having to know how to write a script to change your calendar program. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, so that's kind of how I'm organizing my life right now, and it's working out pretty well. Mm. Um, I quite enjoy it, and uh, you know, it's giving me an excuse to use my nice fountain pens. So, yeah, I do have yeah. a lot of nice blank notebooks sitting around. I will say that. <laughs> yeah. And you know, and it's one of these things where um, using notebooks is always one of those people buy me notebooks as gifts a lot, like mm. like journals, and um, it's always kind of one of those like, thanks, but it's rolled. But you know, like if you um. 
if you use a system like this, like you're using at least one page a day, if not like four or five. So you're going to get through mm-hmm. journals more quickly. So I'm kind of, uh, I'm excited to kind of get through some of the journals that I have lying around. I think I might give that a try at some point. Yeah. And I'm sure you can do like a, you know, an, an Evernote version of it. Um, the guy who invented it was saying, you know, he was trying all of these electronically based applications and they just weren't working for him, um, which is kind of my experience with those things. Like I've tried Evernote. I've tried using, um, you know, like cloud based note storage and stuff like that. And I just... I, I find that I don't check it as much as I do a paper notebook. I find so. I end up with a lot of random pieces and it's very hard to keep them together. I find yeah. I end up with notes on my phone, yes. with notes on my computer, with notes in Google Drive. And I've tried really hard to use Google Drive as my primary one so that at least I can access it from all those different ones, mm-hmm. um, which I guess kind of brings us to the Google suite of tools. But yeah. Um, but one thing that I want to talk about in terms of yours, though, is that it sounds like it's a great to-do list. Great which, to-do list, which, which is, is something that hard I've for still me. struggled to find a good application f- for. Like, yeah, work, I've tried Astrid BPL, tasks. I use Outlook, and the, yeah. the to-do list in Outlook works fine for me. I've started to use the task list in Google Calendar a little. Mm-hmm. But the thing that I hate about all of them, and the thing that makes me want to like learn to make my own app or whatever, is that they ne- they don't give you, they don't allow you to do time estimates. Yeah, I really would love something where I could be like, I think this is going to take me an hour. And when you plug that in, it would add everything up and tell you how much time you need to set aside that day. And then right. as you check things off, it would bring that amount of time down and very oh, that would be time nice. and how long things are going to take. <laughs> and so, and th- I haven't been able to find anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so as far as yeah, so that's it's a great system. I've tried to use Astrid as a task to do list, hmm. which I think might have that function. But um, it's super annoying. So yeah, I've tried um, to do, which is the like French one. <laughs> okay, it's not. It, yeah. I don't like it. It's too <laughs> too no frills. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think I use Google Calendar for a lot of the things that you're saying that you use this bullet journaling system for. Mm-hmm. I often will have the experience that um, where people will look over my shoulder at my Google Calendar at work or whatever and mm-hmm. be like, what the hell? <laughs> because I've seen your Google Calendar. It's pretty impressive. Well, See, and I'm one of the people who looks at it and I'm like, that's beautiful. <laughs> but I'm weird. But the thing is that it's because I'm using it partially for to-dos as yeah. well as for actual scheduled things. Mm-hmm. And so because to me, it's... And this is just probably me compensating for my lack of time management skills naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, a to-do item is totally inextricable for me from like when it's going to happen and how long yeah. it's going to take to do. And so it makes sense to me to put it on my calendar. Yeah. And I've been thinking about overhauling my calendar system so that it's not just color-coded by like category. Mm-hmm. But, or so that it has additional categories for to-dos or something like that. Yeah. Because it's a really good way to keep track visually of time. Mm-hmm. And I've become so married to the week view. Yeah. <laughs> if I try to do the month view or the day view or the like agenda view, yeah. I get really disoriented. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need these, week like, week nice view is my favorite blocks. too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because it's just enough that you can, and I really like the physical act of being able to sort of click and drag and move things. Yeah. I do like that on a calendaring system. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but it looks insane because <laughs> half of the things on it are little chunks of like, oh, I need to do this. I need to do that. Yeah. And I haven't quite found a way to bring the task list and the things I'm plugging into the calendar in line. Like you kind of have to come up with your own workflow of when you think of a thing, where is that thing going to go? Yeah. And 
my natural thing is to add it to my calendar as like a scheduled item. Yep. And then the task list is just sort of an afterthought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, the balance between those is a little off for me. Yeah. But uh, I do like the whole, the thing where if you get an email through Gmail, you sort of get it scheduled into your calendar. Like for example, yeah. our flights for next week, because mm-hmm. they came in as emails to my Gmail got put right in the calendar. Yeah. Speaking of insane calendars, that doesn't creep Melanie you copied the whole um, Joko Cruise crazy schedule <laughs> into a Google Calendar. Oh, that is gorgeous. <laughs> I'll take a screenshot of it or something and share oh it in the God, notes because uh, it's all themed, right, by like main events, secondary events. There's a mustache yeah. formal, you guys. Uh-huh, yeah. It is, I think its full title is something like the Paul F. Tompkins Memorial Mustache Formal and Fed Stravaganza. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> Paul F. Tompkins canceled on JCCC1 really uh, late, and so they decided he was dead to them and, and changed the name of it to, <laughs> to the, the memorial. Paul F. Tompkins Memorial Formal. I was about to say, did he shave his mustache? Because <laughs> no. that would be sad. <laughs> no, no. Anyway, <laughs> off topic, but... Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the one thing I really don't like if we're getting into the details of Google Calendar is when you make something an all-day event, it doesn't fill the day. Yeah, it just pops it just up at sort the top. It is up at the top. at the top. Yeah. yeah. That's common of most calendar mm-hmm. applications, though. I think, though, it would be interesting to go out there and find out if there are any librarians or sort of information workers who've created systems like this. Yeah. Sort of purpose-built. Because I think the problem in our line of work is that we're often using tools that were designed for something else. Oh, totally. I mean, Outlook is a great example of that. It works mm-hmm. really well for us for a lot of things, but it, it was very much created for business use. Yeah. And I think in a lot of ways created for the kind of businesses in which a person has one job mm-hmm. and one set of tasks mm-hmm. and that's their thing that they do. Whereas yeah. as a librarian, you're especially as a public librarian, I'm finding you're hopping from task to task, from project to project. You're mm-hmm. working with different people or in different departments. Oh, yeah. Well, so very and much the same. The task academic, list yeah. really doesn't have enough in it to mm-hmm. accommodate that. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is why I've kind of abandoned <laughs> to a paper system. <laughs> but um, I haven't got as far as color coding. I usually start color coding my notes, but I don't, I don't know if I'm going to get that crazy with this one. Mm. Um, but I do color code my calendars. One of those so. multi-pens. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> but those are always ballpoint. They're always ballpoint. It's true. <laughs> There's got to be like a specialty felt tip one out there somewhere. Well, I've I'm got sure. I've got sharpie pens in a number of different colors, and those are great. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it is it is a really important tool. I mean, it's an important tool, I'm sure, in lots of industries and lots mm-hmm. of walks of life and whatever. But I am finding that as a new librarian <laughs> working at a couple of different places yep. and then within those places in a couple of different departments, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really important to do. And I'm finding that I don't use the dedicated sort of, this is the system we use systems mm-hmm. at the institutions I work at because they don't cross communicate with each other <laughs> between yeah. the two institutions. And so if something, if I have a meeting or something, it always goes into my Google calendar. Yep. Um, and I'm, I'm having trouble remembering, although I'm getting better at it, to put it in my Outlook calendar at VPL so that I don't get scheduled to teach a class Yeah, at the same time as I have something going on. Right. Because yeah, that's always other tough. people can see your Outlook calendar is the advantage of that. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Google, man. I don't know. It's got <laughs> a lot of information about me, that's for sure. <laughs> I think you're right. I think it is a little creepy that the flight showed yeah. up, but it's also so convenient. It makes it nice. Yeah. 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 Well, being busy is just kind of a, I think it's just part of the modern human condition. Everyone always brags about yeah. how busy they are. 
But and it is, I mean, I guess in conjunction with all this, it's really important to use these tools in order to get to know your own capacity. Yeah. <laughs> and and be okay with saying no to things once in a mm-hmm. while. Or for with sure. using these tools to like carve out time for yourself. Mm-hmm. Like I've got a personal calendar in here. <laughs> and in addition to, you know, hanging out with people and movie nights and stuff, I also use it to be like, this is my time to work on this personal project or to mm-hmm. like sit and, you know, do nothing or do some yep. yoga or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't have those quiet moments, it can really get to you. Being totally. Busy. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if you have a calendar tool or a trick that's great for you, let us know. I'm I'm always really interested in how people organize things. I'm always, you know, I'm a, I'm a freak about organization. So, <laughs> um yeah, and and try if uh, you know, if you're looking for a new system and you like pen and paper, Bullet Journals is really cool. Um he has a website where he's got like a tutorial video and uh you know, it all lined up perfectly and um yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I really like it. I think it's going to be good for me. So, All right. yeah. And it's yeah, a nice fresh new start with a nice fresh new job. <laughs> yeah. I feel much more organized now. I feel much more conflicted about how to organize myself now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so tempted to try bullet journaling, but it just seems so chaotic to me because it's uh, on paper and I can't delete it and undo. You and can, if you do you ever pencil? have that sensation in real life of like you do something and then you're like undo and then you're like, no, wait, this is real. I can't undo it. <laughs> no, because that happens to me. I'm, I'm perfectly fine with scribbling stuff out, I guess. <laughs> I'm not even talking about writing. I'm talking about like. I made a oh, hole in, in the wall or something, oh. and then I'm like, undo, and then I'm like, wait, this is not a computer. <laughs> you, do, you mean you don't have a giant rewind switch on your wall? No. <laughs> I would have had to pay a bit extra to get that with this oh. new apartment. Well, fair enough. <laughs> so, cruise news. Let's talk about cruise I guess, news. I guess this one should be all cruise news. It's, it's the last, the last podcast before the cruise. Yeah. Um, so. <clears throat> I don't even know what I'm most excited about at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's the whole fact of like probably getting to meet some of these people that I admire. Speaking about organizational techniques, <laughs> uh, meeting Merlin Mann is going to be pretty amazing. Yeah. And um, I feel like I could potentially have a really interesting conversation with him about organizing your life, mm-hmm. among other things. Um, if I could, you know, string some words together. <laughs> Uh, I just watched a video that Angela, who we're going to be staying with down there, made of um, some karaoke footage from the first and second of these cruises. Mm -hmm. And um, Paul and Storm, who are the kind of comedy duo who do a lot of the behind the scenes stuff organizing the cruise. Yeah. Uh, Apparently their song, Storm's song in particular, is Come Sail Away. Nice. Which is very appropriate. So she was like, time to get everyone excited. And she posted the video in the Facebook group (laughs) and it's amazing. (laughs) The karaoke nights are usually hosted by John Roderick and David Reese. Okay. And uh, it looks like that'll be a pretty good time. (laughs) So, yeah, it doesn't quite feel real yet, especially with all the misty, rainy, cold, gross weather we've been having here. But I'm excited about those parts of it. And then I'm also excited about snorkeling in the Virgin Islands. Yeah. Make sure you put sunscreen on your butt. Arecibo. You got to put sunscreen on your butt. Yes, I learned that lesson in Mexico. <laughs> Snorkeling for like two hours and not yeah. reapplying. Uh, yeah. And your whole backside is exposed to the sun. You become the yeah. great red whale. I bought some like 50 SPF sports grade copper tone spray. Nice. <laughs> so. nice. Good stuff. But yeah, it's going to be amazing. And I mean, of course, you know, hopefully I'll get a moment to meet the man himself <laughs> and tell him in person. 
Thank you yes. <laughs> for the use of our theme song, Glasses, off Jonathan Colton's album, Artificial Heart. I think yep. it's still his most recent album. But yep. uh, maybe we'll get some news on the cruise from him Ooh. about new work. I don't know. That would be very I exciting. I wonder if he has any new songs. We'll probably get like a sneak preview or something. <laughs> <laughs> the first night opens with a Joko concert. Just nice. to like kick everything off. So. Lovely. It's going to be pretty great. Well, I'm almost jealous that you're going to be stuck on a boat. <laughs> I'm not a boat person. So, uh, well, this is my going to be my first time being on a boat this large. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this boat has an effing ice rink. Yes, that's pretty cool. <laughs> so I don't think it's going to feel like a boat until you're, you know, out on the deck. Nice. Yeah. Well, I guess. That's it this week then. Yeah. I mean, as always, if you want to get in touch with us, everything's at yep. sslibrarianship.com. We'd love to hear about your organizational techniques mm-hmm. and fun apps and cool tools that you found. We're also happy to have you on if, if you want to come on the show and talk about something that cool that your library is doing or, you know, talk, pretty much anything. Like yeah. Pitch I mean, looking back, it's been it's been quite a variety of topics that we've covered. Yeah. And I think that's part of the versatility of librarianship. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, anything you want to talk about, we can make it work so please get in touch and uh it's you know not limited just to people in the vancouver area we have had some success with uh with um remote recording so mm-hmm. yeah as long as you've got skype we can we can do it man totally yeah so i guess uh that's it for us then this week guys uh enjoy the cruise sam <laughs> enjoy getting out of vancouver for a while and uh for the rest of us i guess we'll just have to catch you on the proverbial flip side what you say.